Coming up on this episode of An Older Gay Guy Show. It still leaves you alone, and oftentimes being asked out to join your bestie and his new boyfriend for fun social times. Fun, fun, fun. You become the third wheel. And hello, my good friends around the globe. Welcome to another episode in the new season of an older Gay Guy Show podcast. Welcome to all new subscribers and listeners, as well, of course, a special greeting to my longtime listeners of the show. I am back 100% healthy, no more signs of pneumonia. But man, let let me tell you, it kicked my ass for three weeks. <sighs> Glad it's over. Thank you as always, folks, for the star ratings on iTunes Apple Podcasts. I've got new five, four, three, two, and one stars, and I appreciate all of them. And thank you for taking the time to rate me and leave comments on there because it really, really does help this show greatly. So thank you. So, during the week, you are sitting at home planning what you and your bestie will be doing the coming weekend when you receive a phone call from him. A phone call? He only texts you. Why is he calling you? What is this, like a scene out of Green Acres where Lisa Douglas climbs the telephone pole in her negligee and feather peignoir to answer the farm's telephone? A freaking phone call? Hmm. You answer reluctantly, bracing yourself for bad news. But it's hard to even hear him as he excitedly talks a mile a minute with a lilt in his voice. Yes, it was bad news. Bad news indeed. He just got into a relationship. And this was your last friend who wasn't in a relationship. And now here you are, alone and single. <sighs> Life sucks. But maybe even worse is when these close friends don't want to leave poor, sad you at home alone, so they invite you to join them, to join the two of them. Yes, once again, you will be the third wheel, that old, lonely guy that always gets invited out because, in secret, they probably fear leaving you at home alone with sharp kitchen knives. God, again, once again, the third wheel. Or sometimes, if you're lucky, <laughs> the fifth wheel. Did I mention that life really sucks? Hmm. Two quick program notes before we get into today's hangman's noose of a topic. Do you hate Valentine's Day? Do you love Valentine's Day? Well, whether you are this sad single guy or a happy single guy or someone who is massively in love in a relationship, 
why not spend some of Valentine's Day night with me on a live broadcast of this show, an older gay guy show podcast. During this two-hour interactive experience, there will be a series of vintage and current TV trivia. You can ask me questions and talk with other listeners in a real-time live chat room during the show, and I will tell you a story of my worst date ever, which happened to be on Valentine's Day. Now, <laughs> my my good friends, do not miss this story, which is only going to be told in the live show. If you think you've had horrible dates, I dare you, dare you, to find a worst first time, and not coincidentally, last time with this guy, date. Join me Thursday, February 14th, 2019, from 10 o'clock p.m., to 12 midnight Eastern Standard Time, which is 7 o'clock p.m. to 9 o'clock p.m. Pacific, and 12 noon to 2 o'clock p.m. on Friday in Australia. Additional info on how to connect to the live show and chat room will be coming in next week's podcast. So mark your calendars for Valentine's Day night for the I Hate slash Love Valentine's Day live show. And I'm looking for some horrendous or funny Valentine's Day stories from listeners. If you think you have a tale that would be fun to read on the show, please write out your story and send it to me at an older gay guy show at gmail.com. And also just mention what name you would like to be called by if I use your story on the air. And now on the air on an older Gay Guy Show YouTube channel, a video called The Caves of Garcia, Mexico. On the last day of 2018, my husband Paco and I took our niece Alessandra to Las Grutas de Garcia, The Caves of Garcia, Mexico. This is a video of an hour-long walking and climbing tour, which is like condensed down to like a five-minute segment, that took us through the many chambers, and we got to have all these views of amazing stalactites and stalagmites that covered the floor and ceilings of the cave. The cave system was very hot and wet, which is why I could never be a spelunker, which is, by definition, an explorer of caves. Although, to be honest with you, <laughs> I've been using this word actually mispronounced for a number of years. It's spelunker. I always used to say spelunker. But either way, it sounds like it shouldn't be a cave person. It sounds like <laughs> something else. But perhaps that's just the way my mind runs, as you probably know from my stories. This short tour was beautiful beyond words, and I give a short narration during the cave segment in the video. And the video finishes with the New Year's Eve celebration with Paco's family, and that was just hours before I came down with pneumonia, which delayed my return to the U.S. for almost a week, and then sidelined me to bed for two more weeks once I was home. It sucked. 
But I hope you enjoy this video. The next video will be about the new gym that I'm going to in 2019. So please check that out on an older Gay Guy Show YouTube channel. And lastly, now that my voice has returned to normal, I'll put out the next section of Northridge High Football Camp on the Jockstrap Stories podcast for next week. Today's vintage TV trivia question will be the last one I'll be doing before the live show's cavalcade of vintage and current TV trivia that will be coming in the live episode. Today's vintage TV trivia question is about Batman, the 1960s TV series. The Batman 1960s TV series had a revolving set of supervillains, some granted more super than others, but regular viewers of the series could tell which villain was on each episode before they made their appearance on the screen because each villain had their own what? Yes, their own costume, yes, their own hideaways, yes, their own tricks and props, but what told you who the villain was even before you saw them? They had their own what? The answer will be at the end of today's episode. Same bat time, same bat channel. So, meanwhile... I am a very healthy Joey Hernandez, and this is Being the Third Wheel, Season 4, Episode 2 of An Older Gay Guy Show. Okay, so here's something a little strange. I was reading off promotional materials for Las Grutas de Garcia that I mentioned earlier. And I had read some stuff online and seen some photos online. And it talked about the history of the cave system when it was discovered and by whom and all of that. But it also said in several places that it was the second largest cave system in the world. And as I was recording this, it occurred to me that doesn't make a lot of sense because first of all, this cave system is like two and a half miles long. And I know that we have Mammoth Cave in Kentucky here in the United States, which is about 450 miles long. And then it was recently kind of mainstream discovered that there was this huge cave in Vietnam which is like 248 miles long, something like that. And so I was thinking, well, how can this possibly be the second largest cave system? So I was going to look to see where it was in the ranking of the world's caves. And I found this site that listed like the top 25 biggest caves in the world. And none of it <laughs> was in this area. There were some that were down in Tulum, Mexico. There were several super large caves down there. But that's, that's on the Yucatan Peninsula going towards Cancun. So it's, uh, 
It's surprising that they put out this material and said it's the second largest cave system. I don't understand that. Maybe the time it was discovered in the 1800s, but I'm not even sure that's true. So false promotional material. It was not the second largest cave system in the world. It was big, it was nice, but it wasn't even close to the biggest. So anyway, a survey was done of several thousand gay men, and they came out with the figure that 57% of gay men over the age of 45 are single. 57%. Now, for people that are constantly saying, gee, I wish I had a boyfriend, gee, I want a boyfriend, gee, I want a husband, gee, I want to get married. With 57% single, which obviously is more than half, you do have to wonder why, if so many people want to be in relationships, are they not in relationships? And I will say the reason, which I have mentioned in several episodes, the reason that I feel it is, is that people have too high of expectations. They shoot too high. I don't want to say that they are people that are out of the person's league, because that's just kind of a weird way to look at things, you know, that people are on different levels. But for all intents and purposes, let's just say that people are often unrealistic in their expectations of who their partner is going to be. And I will return to that thought a little later. But let's talk about the uncomfortable position that a person who is single will often find themselves if they have friends that are relationship-oriented people and they end up being in relationships and you yourself is single and you end up just being this extra person that gets invited periodically to do things. You know, you might be used to constantly doing things with your friends and texting each other every day and phone calls here or there, but suddenly when they get in relationships, you become second in line at best. Perhaps you're even lower down on the list, but you're certainly not the priority anymore. And that aggravates a lot of single guys. It's probably a combination of that, yeah, they miss their friend. They don't have a lot of other people to do things with. So this maybe best friend who's now wanting to spend time with their boyfriend, just makes sense, you now are kind of cut loose and on your own. And Secondly, this probably, let's, let's face it, it pe most people would not, never admit to it, but there's probably a little bit of jealousy going on there. That why do all my friends manage to have relationships, but poor me, poor me, I can't find one. And then add into the mix that oftentimes a person's best friend who now feels like they're not getting as much time with their friend as they would like. Often the new boyfriend and the best friend often don't get along. I think that's for the exact reason of jealousy. Each are vying for the attention of the other person, and it just ends up that they feel like they don't like each other. 
what you may see in the other person's relationship is you may see things that when the person is in bliss, love, looking at the world through rose-colored glasses and everything is wonderful, they may not see the, the negative aspects of that person. That you, because you have this abandonment issue, because you are jealous that your friend now has a relationship and you don't, you will often exaggerate those negative aspects of a person perhaps in some way to justify how you're feeling yourself. So if the person might be a little bit controlling, maybe your best friend that's now in this relationship doesn't see the guy as controlling. He is just so in love that everything is wonderful and he wants to make the guy happy and he wants to do what pleases the guy. So he's more willing to give in and let the other guy lead. You, as the best friend who is now left on your own, will often look at this new boyfriend and say, oh, you know, he's always controlling, he's always making the decisions. And so you kind of create the reasons of why you don't like the boyfriend. But as the best friend, you are often put in a no-win situation. Your friend wants you to like his new boyfriend. Of course, he doesn't want you to like his new boyfriend too much. Oh, no, no, no. God forbid you like the boyfriend more than you like your friend. Or hopefully the new boyfriend and you are not attracted to each other because that certainly isn't going to go over so well. Let's not forget that when there is trouble in paradise with the boyfriend, maybe that is when you will suddenly hear more from your friend because he wants to bitch and complain about the boyfriend, and now he wants you to listen to him, or even worse, give advice about what he should do. And that opens up the possibility of you not looking so favorably when you give what may be negative advice to your friend, or you finally say the negative things you feel about the boyfriend, and then they patch things up and you are left as the one who is saying the bad things about the boyfriend. Your friend doesn't remember that he was the one who started saying the negative things. Your friend will just remember that you were saying bad things about him. You can't win. And then if you somehow do, in fact, become friends with the new boyfriend, what happens when the two of them split up for good? you now have to choose a side. Do you go back to being your best friend's friend again? Or has circumstances dictated that you want to be friends with the boyfriend now? You don't want to have to choose between them. And then, of course, you could make the worst mistake of all that so many of us have made we actually find ourselves dating the now ex-boyfriend. And shit, that goes over real well with your bestie. <laughs> oh man, 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 it's so complicated. You have to remember that in straight relationships, the best friends are often the same sex as each in the couple. The girls hang with the girls, the guys hang with the guys. That at least cuts down on some of the drama. 
There are, of course, many examples of a spouse having an affair with their partner's best friend, but probably that doesn't happen as often as I'm sure it does in gay relationships. But even when all that works out, you see your best friend enough, you like his new boyfriend, but you aren't attracted to the new boyfriend, so you will never date him, you keep your mouth shut when they argue and just give listening support to your friend, even when all that is perfect, it still leaves you alone and oftentimes being asked out to join your bestie and his new boyfriend for fun social times, fun, 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 you become the third wheel. Or if there are multiple couples that travel together, you could be the fifth, seventh, or 21st wheel. All the odd numbers, because you are the odd one who is unattached. So what do you do? How do you deal with all this? Well, let's look at a few points. First, don't be shy about talking to your best friend and be honest. Let him or her Know that you feel stressed sometimes being in the single status and feel at times like you are left out. For yourself, realize that it is okay to feel bad, even a bit depressed if you are the only single guy out of your group. But there is a time for allowing those emotions, and then there is a time to move beyond that and don't wallow in that bad feeling. Return yourself to the living. Also, don't take these things as a personal attack. You are lovable. You are just in a dry spell. Don't just settle for anybody because you don't want to be the only one who's single. Your time in a relationship is coming. And probably their time to be single might be coming again in the future. And by the way, if you want to be single, if relationships are just not your thing, that's perfectly okay too. You just travel to the beat of a different drummer. So, what to do when they invite you out? Do you stay in and decide on a reclusive lifestyle, or do you go out and have to smile a bit and look away constantly as they jam their tongues down each other's throats right across the table from you? Yeah, that's charming, all right. To me, there is no hard choice here. The answer is to go out with them. But don't let yourself be put in a situation where you feel uncomfortable with their lovey-dovey public displays of affection. What I have always done is to socialize a bit with a couple and then say, hey, I'll be back, and go off and wander around the club or dance, because I like to dance by myself, and then I check back with them periodically. Sometimes we might get together again and do shots or all dance together for a song. And then once again, I'll say, I'll be off and wandering. I'll check back with you later. 
This way I have some people to hang with when I want to engage, and also I have my time alone. Because if you are always standing with the couple, guys in the club may not think you are single, so the time alone is a must. You have to go out and circulate around. And remember, sometimes the new boyfriend has single friends that come out with them also. And you can get an introduction to someone that you might not normally meet. I never let myself feel like it was poor me. Because if I really wanted a relationship, I think I could find one. There are 57% of gay single guys over the age of 45. Anyone should be able to have a relationship if they want one. But if you do want a relationship, you really, really do want one, then go for someone who shares some of your interests or makes you laugh. Not who is hot. Not who is good at sex, because all that changes after a few years. If you want a lifelong relationship, aim for someone who is trustworthy, honest, and someone who is a companion for life rather than a sizzling out sexual conquest. Being the third wheel is never what others call you. It is what you call yourself, and you don't have to accept that identity. Don't label yourself that. You are a single guy who will be just fine if you remain single for the rest of your life. If your friend gets into a relationship and you aren't hanging out as much, use that now available time to enrich your own life. Explore what things make you happy. Expand your horizons. Make even more friends so you will have various other single friends at times as people go in and out of relationships. Some of them will always be free and single, and others will be at other times. The more friends you have, the less lonely you will be. Whether you are looking for a relationship or looking for more friends to expand your social circle, you aren't going to find either by sitting in your house. You have to get out. You have to break free of your self-imposed restrictions. Get out of your rut. Become the person that you want to be remembered as. Fun, social, funny, kind, sweet, honest, trustworthy, and someone who is happy for others when they find their relationships, not someone who is judgmental and sad and desperate and angry at the world. Be happy for others. Being happy for others without feeling like you are a victim or damaged goods being happy for others is the start of finding that happiness yourself. Try it. You might like it. Okay, meanwhile, the answer to today's vintage TV trivia question, what did each villain have 
that gave you a hint of which villain was on each episode. Each had their own theme song. Every single villain, big or small, had a unique theme song that was written by Nelson Riddle and performed by his orchestra. As an example, I'm going to play a few seconds from the intro of the 1960s TV series Big Screen Film Batman, which gives you an overture that features the themes of Catwoman, the Joker, the Penguin, and the Riddler in that order. See if they ring a bell. Here it is. Do they sound familiar? They sure do to me. Next time you see the series is on TV, or if you happen to have the DVDs or Blu-rays like I do, check them out and pay attention to the villains' theme songs. Because even the villains that were only on for one minor little episode, like The Archer, The Clock King, Marsha, Queen of Diamonds, even the small ones, they had their own themes. So, be sure to tune in for an older gay guy show live interactive show on Valentine's Day night. There'll be more info on that coming next week. Thank you so much for joining me. Please consider subscribing if you have not yet done so. And also check out the cool cave tour on an older gay guy show YouTube channel. Meanwhile... The next installment of Northridge High Football Camp on the Jockstrap Stories podcast will be available next week. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for dropping by. This is Joey Hernandez wishing you an awesome week. Bye for now.